0: Night show brought to you by our friends at Adelphi Racing.com, proud sponsors of this Belmont Stakes Final Answer show a delphi is a racing club of like-minded people who enjoy horse racing and the camaraderie of being part of something bigger than themselves a true community and i should know because i'm also a member really enjoying the interaction with the team the personal updates the videos the extra audio content the written content they really keep you informed of everything going on in your horses and there's more inventory limited inventory on the horses we've talked about previously But there's also a new acquisition from the two-year-old in training sale. Fast-looking, looking looking at Lucky Colt. Get involved. Adelphiracing.com. That URL, once again, Adelphiracing.com. Hello and welcome to the Belmont Stakes Final Answer Show. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker. Once again, very, very happy to be joined by two guests I always enjoy doing these broadcasts with. We will start off with the man that you see uh, less often of the two, but every time he comes on here, we get good feedback, and he's requested to come on here some more. I've been working on uh, one form of seminar or another with him for longer than I care to remember. He is. <laughs> he's is he been a publisher. He's been an author. Most importantly, he, for a long time, has been a tremendous horse player. He is Stephen Christ. Stephen, hey, how are you Pete. doing today?
1: I'm doing great.
0: How many Belmont Stakes have you uh, have you been to? You were telling me off air. What was the number?
1: I think about forty. Just the forty, then. Just the forty, then, and uh, I will not be there on Saturday. I uh, prefer to play from home in my old age.
0: <laughs> well, certainly. I mean, when you're pushing money through and writing tickets and doing stuff like that, I definitely, I definitely get it. A man who will be there Saturday, but a man who also understands the importance of building tickets and has cited you and your fantastic work many times. On these airwaves, Stephen. he's our next guy coming in the usual co-host of these programs. He is not on the planet, Texas. He is coming to us from Saratoga and uh, the the Casa Roja. He is Jonathan Kinchin. What's up, JK?
2: I usually, you know, use this time to say something cheeky or make fun of you a little bit, but I am going to take this time to say that, that I'm honored to be here with Stephen, Chris because, I've said it before, not in his in his face, but in other places. His book, Exotic Betting, completely changed my life. As a horse player, if you haven't read it, if you're not familiar with it, you're doing something wrong at the windows. You need to read it. It was, uh, it was a life changer for me. And basically, it's the basis of what I do every day when I'm betting is, uh, is finding a way to leverage my opinion. So whatever we tell you today, because I have a feeling we're going to tell you a little bit about some favorites that are going to win. There is a way to make money if you leverage that opinion appropriately.
0: And that's what this show's all about, getting into this pick six sequence. And it's it's a it's a great point because this is a pick six sequence. Like, sure, you can take a shot, try to be clever in the way you write your tickets and get equity. But there might be some other opportunities too through the back half of this card on Belmonte. And if we have any wagering ideas, we can pepper those in along the way as well. We'll start off, with race number six, it is the start of this $1 pick six. We've got three-year-olds going seven furlongs in the grade one, Woody Stevens. And we've got a very big favorite here, and we'll throw it to Steven first for his thoughts on Jack Christopher and how you might uh, attempt to use him in a bet like the pick six. Specifically, what's going to happen in the Woody Stevens, Steven?
1: I think Jack Christopher is going to win and pay 260 and I'll be running about 94 percent of my play through him. Uh, You know, I'll always have a C ticket uh, and I guess I'd use Papa Cap and and Morello as my backups. But I I just don't see this horse losing. Uh, I mean, he came back off a long layoff and beat Papa Cap. And, you know, he's supposed to improve second off the layoff. And what we saw from him last year as a two-year-old, he may well end up being the best three-year-old in the country this year. I don't think Papa Cap and Morello uh, are as good. J.K., we'll bring you in. Steven puts the number of
0: 94% of his money running through Jack Christopher. Knowing you... I I, I think you're taking the, the, I'm taking the over on how much Jack Christopher's on your tickets. How are you going to approach this?
2: Yeah, yeah, ice cold, but uh, ice cold to Jack Christopher. Um, You know, this pick six will will end pretty early if he doesn't win. But I'm okay with that, right? And this is a great opportunity to kind of piggyback on what I said to start. This is one of the best races to kind of talk about, uh, you know, what Steve's ideas were in exotic betting. The, the biggest issue I have is there's a lot of horse players out there that are going to be interested in a horse like Papa Cap or maybe even Witt, who I would think would be kind of be the other alternative. You cannot use them equally. You cannot play a caveman ticket with Jack Christopher and someone else. If you do that, you're doing it wrong. Unless you don't believe the Jack Christopher is the most likely winner of the race. And this is a perfect opportunity for you to use the A, B, and C to, to make Jack Christopher that A horse and run 94% or more of your money through him, but then have that saver C ticket where you can catch a horse maybe like Papa Cap, and then you got to be right the rest of the way. But if you think Jack Christopher is going to win and you're using two horses in this race, you're wrong. You got to stop doing that. <laughs> I don't have a lot to add to what the team has to say. Jack
0: Christopher just has the very clear edge here, figures-wise, pace scenario-wise. The subsequent works have been impressive since the last race, like Steve said. looks bound to improve second off the layoff. I will use just the littlest bit of Morello. For me, I like the fact that he has that excuse at the start of the wood, smashing into the gate and breaking poorly, and I just, I've always in my brain, just one of these things from watching his tape, have had the idea that he might be better sprinting anyway, and that's what he gets to do here, in a normal year, without a Jack Christopher in this race, is exactly the kind of horse I love to win the Woody Stevens, JK, you're raising your hand, we'll
2: call on you, Pete, Jack Christopher at two, ran faster than Morello ran at three, you're wasting your money, but I love you, (laughs) I love you, I'm uh, in a small, it's a small backup ticket. I'm not, I'm not suggesting playing them both as A's. It's an A,
0: it's an AC situation, but I did want to shout that out. I have a question for both of you about Jack Christopher more generally. And Steve, we'll start with you. Where do you ultimately think, which Breeders' Cup race would you point Jack Christopher to if you were in
1: charge of his campaign? Well, I'd, I'd first have to see how he stretches out this summer. I mean, a, a mile might end up being you know, his limit. But, you know, they'll try him in, in race like the Haskell and and we'll see if, if he's really a two turn horse. I mean, pedigree wise, Munnings out of a half hours mare. Uh, you're not really thinking 10 furlongs in, in November, but who knows? JK, if I give you a free future bet on him for the three
0: possibilities of races, sprint, dirt mile or classic, which one would you want?
2: Well, I'd like you to ask me that question at like 7 p.m. on July 23rd. Like Steve (laughs) said, after the Haskell, because I'd imagine, you know, he'll win the Woody Stevens. I don't think Chad necessarily wanted to cut him back after the Pat Day Mile, but you have to run in this grade one race. You you know, in this, the way that he, you know, you you build him up for the Pat Day Mile, you run him here, and now you can take a deep breath and then pick which two-year-old race, or excuse me, which three-year-old race this summer you want to try to attack. I would imagine it would be the Haskell for a horse like Jack Christopher especially because he has like Zandon what's going to happen with early voting could maybe influence that a little bit, but let's see. Um, I'd imagine he'll run the Haskell and I don't Richie Migliori and Gary Stevens have convinced me that a one-turn mile is more of a stamina test for a horse that runs like Jack Christopher does than a mile and a 16th or a mile and an eighth, because there's that long stretch that they have to run the entire time. They don't get to slow down in the first turn. So I don't really have any, Distance questions when it comes to Jack Christopher, as far as like a mile and an eighth or a mile and a sixteenth. I think he could show up in the Haskell and be very dangerous. Um, I would say that he's if he can run in the dirt mile, then if he's qualified and has done enough to run the dirt mile, I think Chad would run him in the classic. If for whatever reason he can't go in that direction, I would think that he would be a cutback seven, you know, six furlong, close into some to some fast uh fractions in the sprint with dancing
0: around an answer like that jk you may have a future in politics we wow. know we know you're we know you're a government major Let's... I, have, I,
2: have, I have zero interest in this political <laughs> in this political climate but i appreciate it
0: race number seven is the grade one ogden phipps we've got phillies and mares going a mile and a sixteenth on the dirt it's just a field of five, but it's a pretty interesting field of five. J.K., we'll let you start off, and I, and I think you got to start with your thoughts on Latruska.
2: Yeah, I mean, I look, she's she just shows up and she dances. The only time she didn't show up and dance was when, I think if you were paying attention to how she was training in the morning, you kind of had a feeling she wasn't going to, and that was in the Breeders' Cup. This staff. I think they got a little bit ambitious last year with her campaign. The way that she ran the Apple Blossom, uh, also in her comeback race at Gulfstream, she's just, I, I, especially from the rail, you know, that Jose is going to send away from there. Um, she's run well at Belmont. I, I think she's going to be really hard to beat. The only horse that I would use to try to beat her is search results. And this is a horse that showed a ton of talent at three, but you know, obviously kind of started to, to, to tail off. She came back and ran horribly in her day, in her, in her three or four year old debut. And you were wondering like, what's the problem? What's your issue? And then she shows up in the ruffian. She runs extremely well. Gets a fast figure that day. She could take another step forward. I can tell you my strongest opinion in this race is I will not fall for Malathot. She was not fast last time. She's a kind of a grindy, pluggy type. And I don't think she could beat these faster types of horses
0: certainly don't love the pace scenario for, for Malathot in this spot. Steve, let's bring you back in for your thoughts on this one. Are you with J.K. about uh, Latruska
1: being an incredibly likely winner? Not incredibly likely, and, and I, I have to admit I've never been as taken with Latruska as others. I mean, obviously, she's a tremendously admirable. She shows up every time, you know, except for that Breeders' Cup distaff, where I don't care how she was training, but the pace in that race – she was never going to be on the board. I mean, that race just fell apart like races don't fall apart usually. Um, so obviously you respect her. Obviously she's an A. Um, I, I have a different opinion from Jonathan. My, my second horse in here is Malatot. And not because of something in her PPs. I think she has the most license to move forward uh, as a four-year-old. Um, it's on the come. I mean, none of the races that she's run, you know, are going to beat Latruska, but second off a layoff, three-year-old to four-year-old, an incredibly high quality horse. Um, I think that she could, you know, take a step forward this year as a four-year-old. Latruska is not improving. You know, we know what Latruska is. We know she's going to run that 100 to 103 figure on or near the lead. But maybe Malathot moves forward in here. Um, I just don't see a pace scenario, you know, that's going to get Clarier or Bonnie South home. I mean, they are one run deep closers who are going to be way, way, way behind. But if they send search results after Latruska early, the one who's going to be sitting in third, you know, within striking distance of them is Malathat, not the other two closers. I think it's all about
0: Latruska and the
1: horizontals. I like Clarier for
0: second on the idea that maybe they try to ride Malathot more aggressively a little bit knowing the pace scenario signed on and the idea that if search results does attack too early, I think they could both get gassed chasing Latruska. And it could set up real nice for Clarier to just come running in behind with her for second again, uh, not unlike the Apple Blossom. And she just seems like one who I feel like should run well condition-wise in her her third race off the layoff. So that's how I was going to approach it, basically a straight one-four and look for Latrus to uh, to get me through any horizontals that we have. Let's move to a more open race, gentlemen. It is the grade one Jiper for three and up, six furlongs on the turf. Interesting renewal of this one, and
1: Steve, will keep it with you. Well, you know, this is the race along maybe with the Manhattan where you have a shot of, blowing things open and getting a big price in because i mean i have seven or eight horses open to win the race uh i'm not a fan of turf sprints in general i'm really not i'm so glad they took the breeders cup turf sprint out of the pick six on on that day because that race is always impossible (laughs) and you know this this race is impossible i mean obviously arrest me red and casa creed are going to be the two favorites and and they're they're both nice turf sprinters and they're capable of winning but i think there's a bunch of other horses open to win this Uh, i mean i'm gonna use in some fashion change of control casa creed arrest me red scuttle buzz ear jockey and maybe a little gregorian chant that's a definitely definitely a spready type of a race
0: i get that idea very much Will you, when you have a race like this though, that's spready and it might be the chance to get value and you're recognizing that the two with, likely at the top of the market are still live. How do you deal with that in your bet construction, Steve? Are you, are you using them equally and just hoping that those shorter prices don't win? What's, what's the story?
1: No, this is where, you know, I, I will tier them in an ABC fashion and I could end up having, you know, four A's, three B's and and three C's in here. I mean, they're, I didn't think there were that many complete throwouts, uh, chasing Artie, smoking Jay, Grays Creek, and Omaha City. But the other nine are all going to be on a ticket of mine somewhere. Gotcha. J.K., how do you see this one?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, this is one of those situations where I think if you wanted to, if you want to try to, to say that you love a horse in here, you're probably lying a little bit. Um, I, I hate the all button. I think it's lazy. But, man, this is kind of an all race. I, I will say this. There's a couple, you know, there's the obvious horse. I don't have to tell you about Casa Creed, rest me, Red. I'm going to use what makes Sammy, uh, Sammy run. I'm going to make sure I have that horse. It's a horse that used to be with George Weaver. A um, horse that was impressive. Made in special weight at Belmont going seven furlongs. You know, the, the number didn't stop the clock. But, you know, for a, a two-year-old, it was good enough. And then the horses come back and run fast with Flavian Pratt. You get Flavian Pratt in here and the horse is going to be ignored on the board just because of the last race going five and a half at, at Churchill. So that's a horse that I'll use. Um, and then the other one is Gregorian chant. Uh, this horse beat me one time at church. I mean, at uh, Santa Anita and I've just kind of always had a lot of respect for the horse. I think that California turf sprinters have a little bit of an edge They're only going six in here. I think a five and a five and a half can get a little bit sneaky and win, but I love horses that are in the clear in turf sprints. I think getting stopped in a turf sprint is the worst thing that could happen to you. And Gregorian chant has a little bit of tactical speed, at least going six. I think this horse will have some tactical speed to the outside. You get Joel Rosario where, although I was very upset with him the Sunday after the Preakness, I do think that he is a remarkable turf sprint rider. He times those rides I think better than anything else. I, I like Gregorian chant as well. I agree with Steve. I'll be using a lot. If it'll be close to all, um, I'm the King of all, but one, if you want to know which one I wouldn't use, which is my favorite, the all, but one, I wouldn't use the six grace Creek. <laughs> that is such a, that is
0: such flirting with this. Have you ever heard of anyone, Steve, who so boldly will leave one horse off a ticket. It just makes my teeth itch. Every time he says it.
1: Now you know, the, it- The expression is never leave out just one, Um, you know, you know, you know what's going to happen if you do. But no, obviously, like in in big stakes races on big days, there are horses entered in this sequence. It's just to get the owner a table in the dining room. You know, the horse has absolutely no chance. uh, And we see it a few times on this card. The Brits have a great term for that that I've stolen. It's a social runner.
2: There you go that's beautiful that's really isn't good. That
0: good isn't that good that's really good. the two i want to highlight are we've talked about them a little but i just to, to give a little bit more on gear jockey and gregorian chant i thought that that was really a terrible trip that gear jockey had last time checking hard early out of the vanguard middle moving back up into the race and still kind of staying on okay now this horse collects bad trips like our kids collect uh, Pokemon cards, JK. And sometimes at some point you have to accept that it's a flaw in the horse, but I have too much um, too much that I like about him and he has enough races that with form that put him bang on there and he should be a price. I also like the fact that he's done well generally around more galloping turf sprint configurations as opposed to the sharper uh, five and a half ones. I think he's interesting. And then the other one, you mentioned Gregorian Chan. I think the interesting angle on him and uh, this is something I've heard, you know, people much uh, smarter than me espouse like uh, Paul Matisse on the on the Steve Bick show. We were talking about Steve before and we, we wish him well during a difficult time and, and hope uh, hope to see him this weekend at Belmont. But um, the, the, the inside the last day at Churchill on the turf, it was one of those it was a bit like one of those bogged down inside turf uh, biases, uh, anti-rail biases at Churchill. If that ends up being the case, um, this horse did a lot of running on the inside that day and, and still was beaten less than two. I think he's – I think Gregorian chant is very live. My huge fear, though, is that I'm going to build all this stuff around these horses who are going to be coming from far back and Arrest Me Red is just going to blitz them on the front end because I think there's a real lack of, uh, of normal turf sprint speed in this spot. So that gives me a lot of pause. I'm going to try to get clever with the 12 and the 13. I'll also use the four Casa Creed, won this race last year, probably the best closer, and, and throw Arrest Me Red in there. That's one more question I'll ask you guys about this race before we move on. Is, is, there, is there some speed early? Is, is True Valor enough speed early to keep Arrest Me Red honest? Jonathan, we'll start with you on that one. Oh, you're muted. It wouldn't be one of our shows if we didn't catch JK on the mute button at least once.
2: I know I'm just trying to be respectful. So I'm not like breathing heavy on everybody when it comes to, when it comes to, if there's a Wesley Ward involved in the conversation of, will another horse clear? The answer is no, because Wesley gives his riders free reign to break, and go to the front. If you look at the pace figures, a resume red should be in front. If he breaks now, true valor did get loose last time, but the pace figures weren't as fast. Um, You know, with him being drawn inside, maybe maybe true valor will find the front just because he's drawn inside but i I would i I would say if i had to wager on it if i was a gambling man which i happen to be i would say arrest me red would make the lead do you
0: think there's enough speed to keep him honest in here steve or is that a, a fear scenario for you that the favorite
1: just blitzes him no i think that's very likely i mean usually you look at any 13 horse turf sprint and there are five or six speeds you know, and you start thinking, ooh, meltdown. I'm going to get, you know, the suck up closers home at 20 to 1. There's just no speed in here, you know, other than true, true value to keep them honest early. You know, you got eight horses who want to be four or five lengths off the pace and finish. Uh, so this race easily could be one on the front end. But, you know, we've also got to keep in mind how much rain are we going to get between now and Saturday? And if it's a fair amount, which is what my forecasts are looking like, you might want to go back through the field, look at horses who have run on yielding turf before. You know, I wish there were a, an easy thing to say of, oh, if it rains a lot, it's going to help the closers or it's going to help the speed. It can go either way, uh, especially at Belmont. You know, there are soft yielding courses where everyone wins on the front end and there are ones where everyone collapses. But it's, it's something worth keeping an eye on. And, you know, uh, most of these horses have tried it at some point. When you talk about your forecasts, Steve, are you're not dabbling in meteorology now
0: in your in your uh, retirement slash professional horse playing, are you? No
1: meteorology, no astrology, don't worry, don't worry. (laughs) Phrenology, we can go through all the, we can go through all the. Mixology, maybe. (laughs) I
2: I will say this when it comes to turf sprints, and and I had heard Steve kind of mention that he's not a huge fan. I know other horse players that aren't as well. You know, Pete, you know well enough. I've kind of leaned into them a little bit. I think the way to look at, the problem with why turf sprints are annoying to good handicappers is because a lot of times, the logic, when you look at the race, never unfolds. Like you said, there's a, there's a race that looks like there's seven speed horses in there, and then someone wires the field. Uh, there's that good closer who gets shut off, and then they can't get there. So you just can never, you know, they're zigging, you're zagging. What I've always done, at least it's since, since 2015, is the, the speed of the speed in a turf sprint. I don't care if there's 97 speed horses in there. The speed of the speed is always on my tickets. Always an A-horse, no matter what, because I just don't want to get wired by the speed of the speed because they win too often in these spots.
0: Fair enough. All right, three races down, three to go in this Belmont Stakes Final Answer Show brought to you by our friends at Adelphi Racing. To learn more about their unique approach to partnerships, check out Adelphiracing.com. Next up, we have the ninth race. It is the grade one Met Mile. (laughs) It, this is a, it's, it's a super fun race to talk about because from a sporting perspective, you want to talk about the short field that's long on talent. You've got um, the last year's Breeders' Cup Sprint winner, and he's not even going to be you know, close to, to favoritism because this is a return to the races of Flightline. He runs by appointment only, but when he does, he tends to put on a show, and then he's facing off against the incredibly improved Speaker's Corner. Steve, who wins the
1: Met Meyer? Uh, Either Flightline or Speaker's Corner. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's a big help. Uh, This isn't a race where I would ever take a position against either of those horses. You just use them both and and turn the page and get to more interesting races and enjoy what, as you said, is just a great sporting matchup. I mean, Flightline is one of the most exciting horses to come along in the last decade. Uh, He could be anything Problem is, he's obviously fragile. You know, he's made three starts in three years. And, and he's been off since the day after Christmas. And, you know, it's impossible to have confidence that a horse like that, you know, is just going to whistle in the Met mile. But he's so talented, he just might. You know, to my mind, Speaker's Corner is the other horse. I mean, Aloha West, he's, he's a, a nice, useful sprinter. And when a race falls apart. Like the Breeders' Cup Sprint did, you know he can clunk up and get there, but you know a speed figure of 102 is not going to win this race. You know one of the big two is going to run a 110 plus, so uh, I can't wait to see what Flightline does. My thought on Aloha West was that he's an interesting
0: exacta horse because if they ro- if Flightline and Speaker's Corner go out there and we see. Um, We see Pratt and Alvarado riding this like a match race, which is what it looks like when you look at the speed figures. I think there's a chance that one of them will crack, probably Speaker's Corner on the figures, but maybe Flightline. And I feel like that finishing Aloha West has a chance to get in there. Now, I don't know. We'll have to look at the exact probables and see if that's a bet that I'm bothering to make. But I was interested in that idea vertically in this race. Flightline, obviously, odds on, deservedly so. Steve said it so well. But I'll bring up the issues. Never faced a horse as good as Speaker's Corner. Never shipped. Never gone this far. I think he probably wins, but he's too short for me to, like, make him if a he loses, my day is ruined type horse.
2: Jonathan, tell me why I'm wrong. No, my day's ruined. Look, so to everything you said, first of all, I, Speaker's Corner couldn't stay connected to Flightline early if he had a jet pack on he's faster than him and he's going to be ridden that way from the rail. So I, I don't have any concern that flight line is going to pop away from there is going to make the lead and is going to advance his position throughout there. And to be fair and to Steve's point, and, and with zero disrespect, this is a good, this race presents a good opportunity in the pick six, in my opinion, because I am going to just be ice cold to flight line while most people and rightfully so are going to spend twice as much money as I'm going to spend twice as many combinations using both of them. And yes, I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that speaker's corner can't win. He's an outstanding racehorse and a flight line happens to not show up speaker's corner will win the race, but I'm going to wager that flight line will show up and I'm going to wager it all through him. And I'm going to, instead of having it for a dollar, I'm going to try to have it for $2 by not using Speaker's Corner. I think that's – well, I mean, obviously, I'm going to – you know better than – $2 to, for
0: every $1 is what you mean. Yes,
2: I'm going, to, I'm going to try to have it for 20 But I don't – and sometimes these races I, – I get it why, why some of the, the conversations we've had about, about uh, field size have come up, and, and, and I get all of that. And there is a conversation that needs to be had as it pertains to that. But this is still an interesting race between two really talented horses – and even and, and the Breeders' Cup sprint champion, um, I'm going to run all my money through flight line. I think this might be a special, special animal. I will <clears> bet <throat> all my money on flight line on Saturday, and I will not bet a dollar that he works in three weeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that one, I don't think you'll find too many takers against. Let's talk about race number 10, the grade one Manhattan going a mile and a quarter on the inner turf. Jack JK. How are you going to look to get through this leg in this pick six, which you seem pretty keen on playing?
2: Yeah. I mean, the two turf races, I I think in here, you know how I feel about turf. I think it can be a little bit more random than dirt. Um, Gufo let me down last time. I think he's a talented horse, a horse that will definitely be an A or a B for me. Um, But I'm going to build a lot of what I do through the two outside horses, the nine Santon, who I thought ran extremely well. Am Am I pronouncing that right, Pete? I think so. Santon, Santon, Santine, Santon. Um, I I thought that horse ran well at Churchill. He seems to be improving. I think Brendan Walsh is sneaky. Good. You know, I think he, you know, not sneaky. Good. I think he's not even sneaky anymore. Yeah. I just think, you know, when he shows up in a big race, I don't have to look twice and, and try to convince myself that he can beat a Chad or a Bill Mott. Um, and then the 10 channel maker, you know, we've talked about this on our show for years when a horse runs through my opinion, then I have to respect them next time. I thought Channel Maker was done in the Elkhorn. I thought that he was was on the other side of it and drawn towards the outside with Luis Saez with all of these options. I love to see Louis pop away from there. We'll see what happens with Tribuven. If they send that horse, that can obviously be a little bit of a problem. But Channel Maker's to the outside of him and Luis Saez, they'll be able to figure some things out. So I'll build a lot through those two. Um, who I think are the most likely winners, a little bit of goofo, and just for the record, I'm not a huge fan of the four uh, at Homo.
0: That, that that seems kind of random. What, what what do you have against this horse? What, what did you do just, to
1: get just, off no, your holiday card? List? Well, he's no, in just, the slowest horse in the race, but other than that.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, 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 it's funny. It's exactly, the, it's exactly what... I, will, I am the first person to single a Chad Brown horse that's ever lived. I will single one... And I will lose all of my money for the day on a Chad horse that I know that the barn likes. And I know that's fast. I'll single and I get a bad trip and get beat. This horse isn't fast enough for me to do that. And people are going to bet the horse like it's a Chad Brown horse that can't lose. And he's just not fast enough. Like Steve said,
0: four to one on the morning line does seem a little skinny. I can't deny that. I just wanted to give you a hard time. Steve, who do
1: you like in the Manhattan? I'm, I'm going to use five horses. Uh I'm going to use Gufo, Rock Emperor, Tribuvin, Highland Chief, and, and Channel Maker. One of the things you have to make a decision about in this race is whether Highland Chief's Giant, Victory, and Fig last time are, are legit. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to just use him or anything, but I, I think it it was legit, and this could be, you know, an, an improving horse uh, you know, who's ready to take either command of the division or, or be a prominent player the rest of the year. Because, you know, I got to tell you, some of these others like, you know, horse I'm going to use, like Rock Emperor and Tribe they're getting a little long in the tooth. They're not going to improve at this point in their careers. And I think we're looking for some, you know, new blood and new leaders of the American long distance turf division. And I can't fault anything that that Highland Chief did last time. I mean, yeah, it was a silly, slow pace, but it's not like he opened the 12 length lead and, and just held on. I just thought he ran really well, you know, on on the the smaller tickets or the C tickets where like I'm using Papa Cap and Morello in the first leg. I would just use probably Gufo and, and Highland Chief in here. Interesting. Very interesting.
0: I, I want to talk to you more about this. Uh... We said Santin, but now I'm seeing that the dam's name is Italian and wanting to call him Santin. But I think this horse fits off the angle you just mentioned, Steve, the idea of, of the, at least we have a four-year-old who seemed to improve so much last time with the Blinkers. I feel like he's young enough that that could represent a new level of improvement. And I like the way he quickened off, that, um, quick, off the fast gallop last time. And the other thing is that the form of that race is working out pretty well. What, what don't you like about him?
1: Uh, I didn't like him last time, even a little bit. And I thought that he and Miramishan were the only two horses who showed up in that race. I mean, it was not a, you know, a, a competitive running of the race. Uh, he hasn't been a mile and a quarter, whereas most of these, you know, have been going a mile and a quarter to a mile and a half their entire careers. And I'm not sure that a, a distorted humor is really going to want to go a mile and a quarter. So, you know, to me, he's an, an outside fringe contender uh but but he you know he has to prove uh that the turf classic was better than i think it was one other horse i want to mention that will be on my
0: tickets is number five in love who i think is a little bit sneaky going through the form i thought he ran a bit like a short horse the last day in the maker's mark mile didn't run all that badly in the breeders cup mile all things considered and this is a a grade one winner at a mile with breeding that I think suggests that the mile and a quarter could be within his Ken. The key thing though, being, I mean, for me to get a horse with form lines like this at potentially 15 to one in a race, I think is open. I can't, I feel like I can't leave him off my tickets either. Can, can I, can you, if you squint, can you see in love in this race, Jonathan?
2: Uh, yeah. Well, oh, if I squint. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, yes, for sure. He, he's got big races that fit from a, from a speed figure standpoint, but uh, you know, you know, he's a B or C type for me. I, I could never get myself into the A company with that type of horse, but I, I, I can, if I squint, I see it. If you look, if you look three and four races back, yes, you can make a case. Is distance part
0: of your concern about him too, Steve? I mean, he has not, he's not proven. Oh, that's it's, a it's,
1: huge it. part of it. I mean, this is a mileer. Right? you know, there's no indication that, that this is a good route horse. And, that one big turf fig that he got at Keeneland, to me, it's four or five points too high. I mean, what price That's would tell your daddy at some like at Hot Brown, you know, be in this spot? Yeah. Uh, you know, where are the really good horses that, that he's beaten? And then you've got the whole distance question. So uh, a tiny C at best with me. <laughs> Just out of respect for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
0: Let's talk about the big one, the race that gives the day its name. We've got these three-year-olds going a mile and a half in this year's running of the Belmont Stakes, field of eight going postward. It's the return to the races of Rich Strike, the derby winner, the viral video superstar. Steve, are you with Rich Strike or against him in the Belmont Stakes?
1: Well, you know, I I don't have a big, strong opinion in this race, and I will be using four horses, and, and he's one of them uh i i have to use we the people i've never bet him you know at eight to five or, or two to one awful loose on the lead big fake peter pan but he obviously can win the race if, if he gets loose he could be gone i will use rich strike i mean you know he ran well in the derby he won the race i understand the differences between the derby and the belmont and i'm not crazy about you know, the, the rider not knowing Belmont and things like that. So, again, I wouldn't go to the window and make a win bet on him, but I think he can win the race. I think Creative Minister can win the race. So Horse has just improved every time he's been to the racetrack. He's headed in the right direction. He ran well in the Preakness. I have no argument with him. And Mo Donegal, you know, if, if I had to make a, a pick, I guess I would pick him. Uh, because I, I think he's the right combination of price and probability. Uh, I like uh, Wood Memorial winners. Uh, I, I like everything about the horse. Uh, I, I think he had a rougher trip in the Derby than he's been given credit for. And I think he still has upside. So I, I think one of those four is going to win the Belmont. If I hold your feet to the fire, it sounds like Moe Donegal would, would be the top one. Yeah, and uh, I'm really curious to see how they bet this race. I mean, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, who to make the morning line favorite and how much money would Rich Strike take. It's, it's really going to be interesting to me. I wouldn't be shocked if Mo Donegal were two to one or four to one.
0: I agree. It's really hard to know how they're going to bet. And, you know, with is there enough public money out there to make our viral video superstar Rich Strike six to five in this spot it wouldn't like i would not fall out of my chair if they just went absolutely nuts for him because of how much more famous he is david aragona best morning line maker around and he 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 is wearing his wise guy patch full on his sleeve because if it was the people who normally bet horse racing he's absolutely right two to one we the people clear favorite but i was just wondering if being a triple crown race we could get something different on display i still had to pick we the people i did the pace the pace scenario, I don't, I don't love that I'm I'm picking him. I've kind of wanted to be against him, but when I look at how this race shakes out on paper, I just think he's gonna get the absolute run of things and and be very tough to down. I'm not letting Mo Donegal, I'm not leaving Mo Donegal out of much. I've been a proponent of the wood and the wood form for a long time. I think that, that looks that wood form looks really good after the freakness, and he's gonna get a more forward grinding Pletcher type trip. He's not going to be as far back. And and yeah, I agree, Steve, he has a legit excuse coming out of that Derby. So I need, um, I need him on there. The interesting one, I guess, I mean, I agree with everything you said about creative minister, but then the interesting one for me maybe is nest. I just, I worry because she's a Philly, she could catch all kinds of too much money, but I think she had a really tough trip in the Oaks that I haven't heard anybody really talk about where she was down on the inside had to idle. I mean, she was basically stuck idling when the bird flew on the outside and Secret Oath got the job done. And I know she's too slow, but the the fact that the, the, this is where maybe the mile and a half and this Curlin AP Indy Cross can come into play because I know she wants this distance more for underneath. But I was going to mess around with those four in the Exacta, try to beat Rich Strike, uh, just try to beat Rich Strike out of the Exacta with the thought that they might really come for him. But this my betting in this race could turn upside down in its head if the tote says something very different than what I think it might say. Jonathan, how are you playing this year's Belmont Stakes?
2: Well, I have a couple of random thoughts. First of all, um, you know, I, I I've had like 12 texts already from like Neophyte types with randoms, but, you know, we all get them during triple crown where they're like, Hey, can that rich strike win the Belmont? So they're going to bet the horse a little bit. Um, and I don't think the horse can win closers. Don't win, um, at Belmont in the, in the Belmont stakes. It just doesn't happen. Um, and, and and if I'm not, I mean, I'm just piggybacking off of something Richie Migliori said. So if I'm wrong, just blame it on him. But Sonny Leone's never, ne- he's never, he's never, he's never ridden a race at Belmont. Good luck trying to navigate that, big fella. <laughs> when it's you're trying to decide be. when to pull the trigger, when not to pull the trigger, where the three eighths pole is, where the half mile pole is, that's a lot. Um, and I still am waving my BS flag um, at not <laughs> running in the Preakness. I just, I just don't. I just, I, I just, I'm just, I'm still waiting it. So I have, I, Rich Strike won't be on a ticket. If he wins, he will, uh, he will have cost me a lot of money at the end of the day. Cause he didn't do me any favors in, in the Derby. I think we, the people is a, is a very likely winner of the race. He's a horse that, that has some tactical speed. He's drawn towards the inside. They'll pop away from there. He'll save every step of ground. You look at Trackus at the end of the day. We, the people is likely the horse that will travel the least amount of ground. And he's got the fastest last figure. So he is a horse that I will have as an A, a horse that that I will lean on to a certain extent. But I really like Mo Donegal in this spot for a couple of reasons. I know I just said closers don't win the Belmont Stakes, but there's a comma unless they're trained by Todd Pletcher. Now, I'm going to give you two examples of horses that didn't win, but ran winning races. Dunkirk in 2009 had never shown an ounce of speed. Not an ounce of speed found himself on the lead and got run down late commissioner hadn't shown much speed either. Found the lead got run down late. Mo Donegal will be sent away from there and will be no further back than fourth when they head into the first turn. And I think he'll be close enough and connected enough that he could still run by. We, the people, those are the only two that I'll use as a horses. I will be pressing Mo Donegal. He'll be my pick in the race, but I do think nest is at least a little bit interesting. I know we talked about it on the show before, Pete. I wanted to hear Todd Pletcher's quotes. Was this a Mike Rapoli pick the spot thing, or was this a Todd? I think this horse can go a mile and a half thing. And I haven't gotten the Mike Rapoli pick the spot vibes yet, so I will use her a little bit.
0: Now there are closers who've won this race. Just to just for the just for the point of clarity, you know, you don't have to go back that far to to Creator. You know, I mean, it 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 can be done. It, Sir Winston wasn't exactly up on the pace, but granted he did ride gold, that rail, gold rail, gold he had rail, rail. I was going to, I was going to give you that one. Other than that, you go back and it's uh well jazzle. I mean, now we're, now we're reaching a little bit. How, how are you as methodal, methodologically opposed Steve to the idea of a closer winning, winning the Belmont. I mean, what, what do you think it takes to win this race coming from farther back?
1: Well, for the, for the early leaders to get tired. And I'm, I'm not being a smart ass, but, you know, yes, you've had Belmont's where, where there's pace and a, a Birdstone, you know, can run by arguably better horses at the end. Um, and, you know, if someone hooks we the people, um, you know, then the race will be won from from off the pace. But I don't see another speed horse is going to do it. And, you know, it occurred to me on this entire card. And I don't know whether you guys agree with me. I don't know why more people don't use rabbits, you know. Bit. I mean, if if I had uh, one of the closers in the Ogden Phipps, you know, Clariere or Bonnie South, why wouldn't I get a horse who can run with Latruska early and set it up for me? Um, people just don't do that very much anymore. And I don't mean it in some malicious ruin the race way. But if you've got a deep, deep, deep closer, you know, how, how can you let a horse open a six length lead? through slow fractions and, and not at least try to do something about it. I think it's a great point. And JK, you've joked on the shows before about, do you remember your concept for yes. pacemaker
2: stables? I I, I pitched it. I, I literally last summer, I pitched it to Chad Brown and Bob Edwards. And I said that Chad needs to get all of his owners. They'll get like, like a white and black checkered silks. They buy a bunch of speed horses and just put them in races for Peter Brant and for Seth Klarman to just set, keep the paces honest. Just keep it honest. Have all the owners pitch in. But I think the reason why Steve that, that, that doesn't happen is because I I think that the, and I don't mean this disparagingly, but I think the owner in North American racing is a pretty powerful thing. And I think that the racing offices discourage that type of behavior because they're going to have big time owners show up in their, in their office on Sunday and ask them why they allowed this over 30 maiden to show up in this race and, and, and you'd have to fence. do it with the right kind of horse you'd have
0: to right. train it so it wasn't because also I don't think it's effective if it's a no hoper rabbit unless it's trying to take down an absolute need the lead headstrong uh, a, a mean comparison to another animal came to mind you can probably guess type horse that that you know is just gonna throw their head and sulk if they don't get the lead because I think the it, it doesn't really hurt to me the best of the speed horses because they'll sit and pounce, as we've seen many times. It hurts, it. But what it does is it, it makes true racing and gives everybody a, a fair a fair chance. Especially, I mean, it works on the dirt too, but especially especially on the on the turf for me. I think it's a good point and something that I think you're right, J.K. I think the politics play into it, and you know, people not wanting to even there's so many politics. You know, people complain about the politics of super trainers having so much equine power under one shed row. But even within that shed row, you got to worry about, you know, those guys have to worry about upsetting their owners who give them who give them the keys to the kingdom. We have some time for a couple of questions. And we've had a lot of questions about Barber Road. I did not come up with Barber Road, but I will make the case in a devil's advocate way for Steve and JK to give their thoughts on. I think the the devil's advocate case on Barber Road is he's an extremely hard trier. And Looking at his recent running lines, you can, you can position him as, as a horse who's improving mightily as we get into the summer of his three-year-old year. And, you know, granted, I'm not interested at 10-to-1, but it feels like a horse that could become 20-to-1, at which point underneath, I could see trying to get him somewhere on the toughness he's shown, on the idea he's improving. Um, what do you think of Barbara Rhodes' chances in the Belmont Stakes, Steve?
1: Well, the the devil called and he wants a new advocate. (laughs) I I mean, to me, Barber Road, you know, should be 50 to 1 in this race. I, I understand that neophytes like him because he... He moves up, he passes a couple of horses at some point and finishes second or third. But I mean, you know, look, look at the 10 or 15 horses who have beaten him. What, why is he going to beat these seven horses all of a sudden? I mean, he is a suck up clunker horse. I would love to own him. He brings back checks and all that. But, you know, this race would would just have to incinerate and five horses swallowed up by the earth at the eighth pole for for him to win the Belmont, to my mind. Uh, I I won't be using him anywhere in my multi-race beds.
0: One of the best lines in the history of the show right there. I love it. JK, anything, any thoughts on Barber Road? Will he, will his, we'll we'll quote Andy Byer and ask if his number eight will be darkening any of your tickets.
2: How could I simply find better words than that? I I was just trying, you know. It was question from
0: the audience. It's not like I prepared that hours ago.
2: I can't, I can't do better than that. I'm not going to try. Ditto. No shot. Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. Oh, my
0: goodness. All right. Let's see if we have a couple others to, to talk about. Let's pause on Creative Minister for a second. I guess my one fear on him, I really want to like him. And I think he, the uh, breeding wise, I, I think he looks a fit for the test. It, are we worried? Are we worried that this is too many races in a short time for a modern racehorse? Or is, can he be the test court case for us to, to go and say, Hey, look! Not only has he done the three and five weeks, he's basically done, uh, you know, four races in in nine. in nine, and he seems none the worse for wear.
1: Well, good horses aren't. I mean, this notion that horses can't run in all three Triple Crown races is absolute nonsense. It, it really is. There is nothing to support it. You know, who runs best out of the Kentucky Der- the Derby winner? You know, usually wins the Preakness, and what two weeks isn't enough? Uh, I, I think it's it's really regrettable. I I don't understand what the rich strike people, you know, were thinking. I mean, you get lucky enough to win the Derby, you know, with a horse like that, you don't want to try for the Triple Crown. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get this movement to change the spacing of the trip. Why would you want to mess with? Well, Pete, you and I have discussed this before, but you know, to, to me, the idea that three races in five weeks, much less four races in nine weeks is too much for the poor modern thoroughbred. I think is complete nonsense.
2: And it, 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 It's funny that you said that, and I have the answer to that question, Steve. I think why that happens is because I remember when I woke up on Sunday, everyone kept saying, uh, after the Preakness, everyone kept saying, well, it looks like Epicenter wasn't as keen, lost the step. And when you say things like that, you're insinuating that the two weeks is why he lost a step. So then owners and trainers start to think to themselves, oh, wow, well, I don't want my horse to lose a step. So let me wait. And I agree with you. It's nonsense. He didn't make the lead because Joel didn't try to get the lead. That's why he didn't get the lead. He broke a step slow. Horses you do. A little flat-footed, to be fair. But, but Watch, like I told you before, I'll do it again. Hit pause on this. And watch Johnny Velasquez on Malathot last year. She right. broke slow too, and he put her in the race, and she won the Kentucky Oaks.
0: Where do you stand on Creative Minister? You did not, I did yeah, not list can, him in he your he picks. Can, did I? Did I? Did I miss you know, out there?
2: No, I mean, he, he, you know, I, he's an interesting horse. Um, he's an interesting horse. You know, he's it, it, depending on when when I sit down to do the construction. If my if I you know you put in the A's and the B's and you put them in you know Ticket Maker or whatever you use, and you see that dollar amount in the bottom, your kind of your base dollar amount you're like, oh, that's a little bit low, I will go back and add Creative Minister as a b-horse. If the number is higher, I'm like, ooh, dang, I thought it was gonna be cheaper than that. I will toss a horse like that. We he can three- absolutely win. I just, I really think that we the people are Moe Donegal will win the race. That's kind of why I'm feeling like I can, I wouldn't be too nervous about getting rid of a horse like that. But I would never talk anyone off.
0: A comment, uh, just being happy to see Steve, wishing he did more shows. Missed hearing and uh, see, seeing him and, and hearing thoughts at Saratoga. Well, we'll, you know, we'll attempt to, um, we'll, we'll, oh my goodness. I didn't mean to put that one up there. Somebody being cheeky, but anyway, Steve's been a great addition to these shows and, uh, we've got a couple more questions I want to get to. Here's one. I won't put up, but I, but I will answer, um, on Steve's behalf. Rumors of his demise were greatly exaggerated. We'll leave that one. We'll leave that one at that. Um, Let's see what else we got here. You know, honestly, though,
2: Pete, let's—I'm uh, going to answer that cheeky question sure. about the. No, I, I mean, didn't even it, see it. It, 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 it just it, looked cheeky, so I put it away. So it's, it's a dumb question. The question. It's a dumb question. It's someone said like, "Well, why, why, why does Chad Brown run all those horses off a layoff? Because he has a, a ton of owners that allow him to do that, and he's winning at a higher percentage than any other trainer in the country uh, that has more than like 80 starters." So he can do whatever he wants to do. Like, I don't know. And they win. Why are, you, why are you mad? I don't know.
0: Daniel wants to know who has a better chance to hit the board,
1: Skippy Longstocking or Golden Glider? Um, Skippy. 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 Got to be Skippy, right? I think cor- I'm Golden Glider. Why? Are, why are they running him? I mean, I know that, you know, there's an owner there who likes to go to big races and stuff. But, I mean, Just got beat ten lengths by We the People with absolutely no excuse, and and you want to run back against him? I don't get it. Yeah, Skippy. I
2: mean, you know, the pace wasn't particularly fast in the Preakness, and Skippy was closing into it. So just on that, on that, that phrase alone, closing into a slow pace is enough for me, Skippy. Here's a good one
0: for the uh, a whole card question: Who's going to be most impressive on Saturday? Speak of the devil,
1: Flightline Latruska or Echo Zulu? Steve, we'll start with you. Well, if Flightline shows up and, and runs his big race, it's going to be Flightline. I, I mean, he's, you know, the, the best thoroughbred racehorse, you know, of, of all of them. But, you know, he's, he's got a lot of things going against him. The ship and the layoff and the stretch out and Speaker's Corner. So, you know, but if, if he wins, he's probably going to be the most impressive in the winners.
2: Yeah, That's Flightline. That's hard to argue with. <laughs> but, I will say, but, I will, Flightline, but I will say this, though. We didn't talk about the race. I think Echo Zulu, of all the favorites of the two days, is the most vulnerable because people are going to make the lazy assumption that the cutback is, is going to solve her problems. And I'm not quite sure that's the case. Let's not forget it took her a long time to get back to the races. She almost got beat by Hidden Connection down at in, in, in Fairgrounds. She got beat um, in, in the Oaks. I, I wouldn't just make the assumption that the cutback fixes all of her problems. Now, look, she might win by 10. I just don't think that she's as likely a winner as the tote board will
0: suggest. It's interesting. I loved her Oaks, honestly, watching it again, just getting, I mean, I thought she just got cooked. This was another one who just looked to be trying. I mean, she eventually gave it up very late, but talk about trying all the way to the line. I mean, she, she shapes for me like one for whom the cutback will certainly suit. And I just think she has a much more favorable situation today. I don't know if you've looked at the whole card, Steve, or not, but if you, if you have. Oh, sure. Thoughts?
1: Yeah. No, I've done, I've done all 13 of them. What do you um, think of Echo Zulu? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a match race with her and and I mean, something would have to go hideously wrong for one of those two not to win. And, you know, Matt is a, a, a fast horse. What we don't know about Echo Zulu yet, and I think we'll find out in the Acorn, is whether she improved an inch from two to three. I and mean, we, we haven't seen it yet, uh, but I'm not going to be shocked if third off the layoff and cutting back to a mile, you know, that she turns in a huge race and, you know, runs a figure of a hundred. But, you know, if she comes up with a race like her first two this year, I think Matt might might be able to beat her.
0: It's going to be it's going to be a fun showdown for sure. We have a question about rain spoiling the day. I don't think so. I mean, there is there's rain in the forecast tonight into tomorrow. And I think there's a little rain tomorrow, and I think there's a little rain Saturday. But from what I was seeing, we weren't looking at a washout. And, you know, racing-wise, certainly I don't see it getting in the way. And even if you're out there at Belmont, you know, there's plenty of covered areas out there. So I'm not, you know, obviously I'm I'm doing my little anti-rain dance because it's always more fun when the sun is shining out there. But from what I'm seeing, it doesn't look too bad. Steve, you referenced looking
1: at these forecasts. Am, Am I saying what you've been hearing? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think the the card that's going to get hit the worst is tomorrow's card, um, which could be a complete washout on the grass. But, you know, then you've got a grade one on the grass Friday that, that they're going to try to keep there and, and obviously, two on Saturday. So I think they'll take everything off tomorrow and protect the course as much as they can for the grade ones coming up. I'll put this quote up there, not because we're going to discuss it anymore,
0: but uh, just uh, Jason making his little case for Golden for J- for, uh, Golden glider. And I will just say, you know, that's what makes horse races. That's what's great about the game is you come and you, you, you listen to us or you could go and, and you could study the form for, for a week. And on the day, somebody could do better than you betting on the one with the longest tail or just having an opinion diametrically opposed to yours. That's what makes it kind of fun. And speaking of which, we have Frank asking about Matt Bernier, who uh, said on his show that he's picking Barbara Road. This one, we will, we will, we'll, I'll bring you in in one second, J.K. But I do want to just give this opportunity for a gratuitous plug for our Horse Player Happy Hour, which is back tomorrow. We've got a contest, twenty bucks. All proceeds go to Aftercare. Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge seats added to the, the the tour prize pool at no cost to players. Check it out: Horseplayers.com, Horseplayer Happy Hour, or all the same places you're watching this feed on our YouTube channel, etc. cetera. Um, you can watch that broadcast
2: live. We'll be on between four and five. JK, what did you have? I will say this about my friend, Matt Bernier. All the time every, time, every time that he picks a horse and I go, Matt, I love you. That's ridiculous. 50% of the time, those horses run well. Like horses I couldn't find anywhere, they run really well. So if he likes Barber Road, I... This could be one of those 50% of the times where the horse runs well. I just don't think that it, it is this time.
0: We're just about out of time. Jimmy mentions the idea of a big straight exact of We, the people with Mo Donegal, I'll say this. It's a great race. And I was talking to, to Paul Matisse about this earlier. It's a great race and a great day in general, in these stakes races to try. That's not a bad strategy at all. It's a tricky day to spread around too much and a good day to try to find an opinion to hammer. So if that's your opinion, I say, uh, I, I say go with God
2: um, real, real, real quick, Pete. I just, uh, yep. there's a $5,000 contest on Naira bets and they're seeding it with $50,000. So they're throwing 50,000 extra into the prize pool. So if, if you, if you happen to be someone who wants to participate in a $5,000 contest, I think registration closes Thursday at like six o'clock, five o'clock. 6, I don't know, just pretend it's four o'clock and then we'll both all be right. But, um, Yes. Just a good opportunity. I wanted to point out.
0: No, I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you did a couple more questions. And then we will get out of here just a minute over. Tom points out that it's not going to be easy horse player happy hour tomorrow. If it's a washout, because it's Belmont races three through nine. And that's true, Tom, but I will say this, this is where the only 20 bucks and, and the VIG goes to charity comes in. You know, it's good to uh, good to support us. And we'll close on this extremely important question. JK Rank following salivo dishes fra diavolo the gnocchi or the Sunday sauce
2: well they don't think they have gnocchi um it's it's definitely the veal chopped parm uh is my favorite uh the, the appetizer the salivo style calamari with the peppers is outstanding there's a new dish there's like these mussels in a peroni broth ptf i would not steer you away and they have some sausage in them and stuff too um the fra diavolo is on there and then obviously at the end of the night the espresso martini
0: now I'm getting hungry. We got. Well, let's get some equal time before we get out of here. Out of here, Steve. Favorite dining experience
1: in Saratoga. Well, it used to be the uh, the Hattie's chicken sandwich, but uh, my uh, my cardiologist uh, objects. <laughs> so uh, they yeah, have well, a nice these...
0: salad bar at the track now.
1: Uh, no, I'm I'm not insane. <laughs> <laughs> Do
0: you have an alternative suggestion? There's some nice fish around town
1: yeah I'll, I'll stick with the fish <laughs>
0: <laughs> great stuff steve and chris thank you so much thank you jk thank you to our sponsors at adelphi racing club matt and the team uh, gonna be very very fun getting a chance to to see these horses that i'm involved in run the summer including one whose name is salivo spritz jk which if i asked you to to handicap the drink menu i think we might have got that one on there anyway to learn more to be part of the team adelphiracing.com on that one we'll thank producer aj most of all, though, I want to thank all of you, the listeners and viewers, especially those of you who took time to put the comments up there, even the cheeky ones. We appreciate you. This show has been a production of In The Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Cotney. Our chief creative officer is that guy there, Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos.